It's a honor for me to be here with you on the invitation of Archbishop Lorient with these uh, welcoming words by Father James. Yes, we are in the presence of the Lord Jesus, of the Eucharist. Uh, we may uh, experience the same um, spiritual experience of St. John Vianney, an immersive experience of the Trinitarian love of God. Um, all the time he was kneeling before the Holy Sacrament. It was uh, uh, just a, a great joy for him to stand here before the Lord and to feel that he was just uh, in within the Trinitarian relations of the love of God. So he used to say, and most probably that's the reason, his uh, heart is incorrupt. He used to say priesthood, that's the love of Jesus' heart. So priesthood for him, it was, yes, he felt a uh, being uh, a sacrament, or of course, uh, connected with the sacrament of the Eucharist. Uh, being a priest, priesthood, it's uh, the presence and uh, uh, sacramental presence of uh, Jesus uh, in front of the community of the believers and also as a priesthood uh, for baptized people in front of the world. Uh, our priesthood as uh, baptized uh, people and our uh, sacramental priesthood as ministers, it means that we are in front of the world and we are in front of the community um, according to his words, as uh, uh, the sacramental love of Jesus' heart. It's beautiful no? to be aware that priesthood, this is to represent the love of God in the world and in front of the community. Well, it's also a daily conversion because we feel every day that uh, we need to be uh, configured to this love of God. It's also a challenge, not only a sacrament, but a challenge. Um, we could, uh, most probably you know more than I do about St. John Vianney's life. Did you read anything about his life? Uh, the book uh, Trochu, Monseigneur Trochu's book, or another, other books about his life. He arrived in Ars 
200 years ago as a priest sent by his bishop. Oh, no. There was a, a crisis in France after revolution. Imagine that the Archbishop of Lyon, uh, so uh, John Vianney's uh, bishop, uh, had to go away because he was an uncle to Napoleon and he had to escape. I think you have a, a picture of, uh, of him here. Um, so uh, there was only the vicar general present. You imagine France after revolution. It, the church was destroyed, so many martyrs, and uh, also a division within the church between uh, priests, between bishops, um, destroyed churches. It, it was, imagine, imagine. And so the vicar general told him he had difficulties to become a priest because of his Latin. He was intelligent. He was intelligent, but his dad wanted him to become a farmer, and so he did not imagine he would need to know Latin. So he never uh, uh, learned Latin. That's why he had problems at school, and so he needed more than nine years to prepare himself and then to be ordained in Grenoble, because in Lyon you had no more a bishop. And the vicar general told him, e, uh, you will just bring the love of God to that village, because they lack, they lack. You will bring the love of God. So you, you see, the, it's, it's providential that uh, not only his whole body is incorrupt, and you can see it in us, but also his heart was like that after 40 years when they, they opened the grave. So priesthood, that's the love of Jesus' heart. But, um, well, how did uh, the Curie of Ars in his life testimony of this uh, love of God? How? It was not easy. It was, uh, the, it was very, the time were very difficult. And he, he used to say the saints did not start all well, but they all finished well. And he, he, had, he used to add, we started in a bad way, but we will finish well. Is that not your story? Well, I hope we will finish well. St. John Vianney has been walking in this world. He has evolved. He got transformed. He himself was healed by God's mercy. I will tell you about that. He converted to God's mercy. 
and he was overwhelmed by the mercy of God, the Trinitarian love. His whole being was swept away by the stream of mercy, of the love of God. So this is important now to uh, understand in which way uh, St. John Vianney experienced the mercy of God. So he was, before becoming this great confessor, 17 hours a day confessing, before becoming this healing priest, he himself was healed by the mercy of God. So this is the first step. How? Several episodes in his life reveal a wounded man. He was uh, afflicted, as a matter of fact, for several years by the torment of guilt. He was uh, preparing for to enter the seminary and uh, he became a conscript, a soldier. He had to go to belong to the Napoleonic army to go towards Spain. And on his way with the army, he lost his way. We don't know exactly how, what happened. But sure, he became a deserter in year 1809. And um, he stayed for a long time, more than one year, hiding in a little village on a mountain in the Noé. His mother, Marie Belluse, imagine, he, after one year, he returns to his uh, family house. And uh, his father does not, he knocks at the door in Dardilly. His father opens the door and tells him, you, will, you won't enter this house. You won't enter this house. Because of you, your mother died, Marie Belluse. Because of you becoming a deserter, your son, your brother, Francois, was drafted into the army in, in your place. He went to the front, to Falsburg, towards Germany, and he died fighting. He died instead of you. And your mother, getting to know that your brother died and not having any information, news from you, she died. So don't enter this house. Go first to the cemetery and uh, pray for your mother. She died of despair. So his father, 
made him blame the misfortune does, that has befallen the family. If you do not, do not understand my English, please have mercy on me and tell, tell me that you do not understand it. I will try to correct. So, from then he will enter the his father will never forgive him. Maybe before his death, maybe, we don't know. But you imagine what it means for his heart, for his conscience. He, he never confessed uh, any sin about uh, being a deserter because it was uh, beyond his will. But uh, he felt guilty. It's not the same thing, huh? Sin and guilt, it's not the same thing. But uh, he felt very guilty. All the more as his father never forgave him. And so, being in the seminary in Verrières, he will write several letters to his fathers. We have got these letters in the archives in Ars. He writes, Father, I am the most unworthy of all your children. I abused of your goodness in a bad way, such a manner. I am unworthy of your kindness. I do deserve that perpetual indignation. Do you understand what it means? Perpetual, eternal indignation. What does that mean for him, for his feelings, uh, being guilty of uh, the death of his mother, of his brother? Do you imagine a perpetual indignation? I am the unworthy son who deserves only contempt. Letter. Yeah, in year 1813, 12th of June. Although there was never contrition in his language about desertion, such an injury in his heart could find healing only, only in a true, authentic, experience of the divine mercy. It's not possible in another way. It's not possible. He first found healing in the mercy of God. He first received the mercy of God. He has received it. And he used to say that every day he needed this mercy. Every day. So he's the first to make this experience. And then so many people will come to him, wounded people, wounded pilgrims, will come to him, to these wounds, to his wound. 
healed with the fire of the divine love. This, how to say, sprinkling or gushing cave wound with sprinkling water coming from Jesus' wounded heart, because this was his experience. He was healed by Jesus' heart. In his wounds, pilgrims were coming from, the, from France and whole Europe. They were coming to draw mercy from this wounded heart. And by confessing to him in Ars, they just were encountering the crucified and risen Christ with his words of peace and forgiveness. The Holy Cure of Ars was inhabited by Christ's mercy. And pilgrims were coming just to see Christ through him. Through his wounds, healed wounds. And as a matter of fact, so many pilgrims were coming. They were wounded. They were looking for confession. They were looking for absolution. They were looking for the mercy of God, yes. And they really used to go away experiencing, they wrote it in uh, the testimonies for his beatification. All of the witnesses used to say, in a way or in another way, we, confessing to him, we had an experience of God's tenderness. But this is beautiful to uh, be aware that he wouldn't have become the career of Ars if, if not through a wound. So if we feel wounded, young men or, or elder as we are, anyway, it may be the place for sprinkling grace not only for ourselves, but for our brothers and sisters. This is his story. So he made the experience of the mercy of God. When, oh, maybe just some words about this. In the year of mercy, I got to know your archbishop as he was in Bridgeport. And he was a spark for the mercy, uh, the, the World Congresses on Mercy. He was the first to, to push this with Cardinal Schönborn, and we had the, the Congress in Rome. So it was very impressive for all of us to, uh, to live, uh, to spend this year of mercy. And I, with the chaplains, with the priests confessing in Ars, we, we had a question. How did the Curie of Ars confess so many people? So many people. And uh, in a short time, about three, four minutes, 
Of course, we, we first uh, said that nowadays people need more time. Huh? They need more time to, to, to confess, to, to entrust their life. But in the same time, how did he do to, 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 to have this, this very short meeting, sacramental meeting, so that the people may experience the tenderness of God? Many times they used to say, he saw uh, what was in our hearts, he saw our sins, and uh, he helped us, and we just had the, the experience of resurrection. Sacrament of confession is uh, the sacrament of baptism, is the sacrament of, re of resurrection. No, it's a renewal of the resurrection in our life. It's beautiful to receive the mercy of God through the sacrament of reconciliation. So, how did he do? What, what was important for him? And you know, it was um, in our uh, French church, in those times, it was not so easy to confess. Because you used to confess to the priests in France, in the area of the Curie of Ars. He did, at the beginning, he used to do like that. Uh, you had to, to confess. The priest used a, a handbook uh, for tarified penance. It means that uh, for this sin, you had this, that penance. You, and the priest had to uh, make an addition and multiplication. And at the end, you know the bill, like in supermarkets. And the bill, you had your dependence. And so that's why the Curie of Ars used to say, I give them a, a small penance, a little penance. Rest of it, I make it. That's why he was a man of a penitent. Uh, not because he liked suffering. No, no. Out of charity, he did not want to uh, give a too heavy burden to the people. And this was new in the practice of reconciliation among the French priests, because they used this uh, uh, handbook with terrified penance. And the Curie of Ars, out of charity, of pastoral charity, of pastoral love, used to say, I cannot give them so many, so, uh, so heavy penance. No, I cannot. I will take on myself. You know, today we have no more uh, terrified penance. You are very lucky. <laughs> but myself confessing today, and especially in his confessional, I ask myself in almost all uh, confessions, how may I help this penitent? How may I help him? May I help her? What kind of prayer, what, what kind of deeds 
what may I do so that she may rise, rise again with Christ, have the experience of reconciliation. And that's great, that's a renewal for me, because I'm not only in the behavior of listening, of, you know, somehow judging, no. I am in the Jesus attitude, behavior of helping these people through the sacrament to have the experience of resurrection. And this is, a, this is something that transforms you from uh, inside. Another, in, in this time, those times, priests uh, used to hear, listen to your confession, they used to give you the penance, but they did not give you the absolution on the same day. They did not. Do you know why? Simply because the priests wanted to check whether the penitent accomplished or not his penance after one week or two weeks according to the heavy burden. And so in his uh, Gmail agenda, he used to say, okay, come again in one week and I will check, I will verify, and then I will give you the absolution if possible. You understand? And the crew of ours changed this pastoral way. All the more as people were not coming only from his parish or from the parishes around, but from whole France, he would see them only once in his life. He could not tell them, come again from Paris next, next week. Uh, it's about uh, five, five hours drive huh, from Paris today. And sometimes we have people uh, coming from Paris just to confess and to go, uh, to, to go back by car. But in his times it was not possible. And so he used to say, the Lord in his mercy, he trusts us, he trusts you. He knows that you, as a mother, for example, you will fall again because you will lose patience with your children and you will have to confess. <laughs> he knows, the Lord knows that. He knows that you will fall again or you will try to, to do better. Of course, you will leave, you will try to convert, yes, sure. But he knows that you will fall and he gives you his love, his absolution today because he trusts you and he shows his trust in you through the absolution he will give you today. And so he used to give the absolution on the same day. Imagine the anger of his brother's priests around and they used to say, do you see why pilgrims are coming to him? He's laxist.
But the cure of Ars was convinced that the mercy of God, that you experience the mercy of God after or during absolution, not before. And it's in a certain way you get aware of your sin after absolution. But it's already confessed. Do you understand this? The sin is a lack of of the love of God, of the love to our brothers. And you get aware of this lack when you receive the love of God. So you become aware of your sins after absolution or during absolution because you are in touch with the love of God. It's impressive. It's impressive. And the Cure of Ars used to say, the Lord knows, knows that in the future we will fall again. But he, he tells us that we need, we need his love. We need his love today. That's why he's giving the absolution today. And this was against the Jansenistic spirituality all around, uh, based on uh, voluntarism. My will will save me. No. First, the love of God. And uh, in his love, you will be able to do, to act. But first, experience the love of God. And our question was, um, with the chaplains around uh, in, uh, in Ars, so how did he do to confess in a so short time? And we could read the, the interview with Pope Francis, uh, Andrea Tornielli, yes, now he's responsible for communication in the Vatican. It's a, a booklet. The name is The Name of God is Mercy. You probably, some of you, read it. So, and uh, the Andrea Tornielli asks him, so I feel that you have no complex with confession. Maybe because you are a Southern American uh, bishop, but uh, you like confession. And Pope Francis answers, yes, yes. And three times he explains what is confession for him, for Pope Francis. He tells about a story in a, an American Roman, Roman. Um, so it deals with a French priest, Abbe Gaston. Three times the Pope speaks of this episode in this interview, in this booklet. Abbe Gaston is a French priest, chaplain of the French army during First World War. And uh, the French soldiers managed to uh, have some German soldiers as prisoners. Okay? But they are injured, and uh, one of them is, um, will die after some days. And the Father Gaston, Abbe Gaston, is aware that uh, he will lose his life. And get, he knows German language, and 
he, he tries, he will try to give him the absolution, to give him the, the, the mercy of God before death. So he tries to confess him. And as a matter of fact, the, the German soldiers confesses himself. He tells him about his story. He tells him that he is a very liberal, oh, that he has got many, many uh, girls, and sometimes two or three in the same time. So, faithfulness and so on, huh? so many matters. So the, the, the priest feels, mm. but he does not feel that there is a regret, no? a repentance. So, you know, if there is no repentance, a priest cannot give the absolution. And as a matter of uh, fact, the priest asks him, uh, have you repentance for that? Father, no. No, absolutely. Uh, may, uh, if it was possible for me to die in uh, such a sweet company, you know, I would prefer of many girls. So he had no repentance. And so he does not give him the absolution. But by night, this priest will pray and pray, Lord, show me the way. How, how may I give him the, the, the absolution before death? An inspiration. Second day, priest asks him, do you, do you regret? Father, no. Do you understand regret? Huh? It's the same word as in French. And in a very, uh, in very deep words, he asks the, soldier, the German soldier, after praying, do you regret that you do not regret? And the German soldier, with a deep compunction, you know, with deep heart, after some moments of silence, answers, Father, indeed, indeed, I deeply regret not to regret. <laughs> In these conditions, Abbe Gaston gave him the absolution. And Pope Francis, comments and explains the Lord needs regret a beginning of the regret uh, a wound an, a soft, an opening uh, a ray of light he is looking for this ray of light for this opening and so Pope Francis says, when you go for confession, and this is what also the Curie of Ars used to say, also what Father Pio used to say, don't come with a written list of sins. Rather, to prepare yourself to confession, stay before Jesus' wounds, Jesus' uh, um, after his death, you know, under the cross. And Luca, this was the way the Curie of Ars 
prepared, used to prepare the penitents. He installed uh, the lying Jesus with a wounded heart. And he just expected the penitents to stay there, maybe for one week, because they were uh, waiting for a long time to be able in the queue to confess to him and be there before his wound, the Jesus wound, Jesus wound of love. Be there and just wait for your heart to be wounded by his love, to be wounded by his love. And when the regret comes for what you, how you, you, you sinned against the love of God and the love of your brothers and sisters, when it comes, the regret, the wounded heart, the ray of, ray of light, then know that you are ready for confession and go to do the minister of uh, uh, forgiveness. Go to him and with this regret, in front of Jesus' wound, with this ray of light, tell what you regret and tell that you need the mercy of God and to let the mercy of God enter your being through this door, through this wound, through this ray of light, because the mercy of God will enter your life like a stream. These were St. John Vianney's expressions. He used to say the mercy of God, the divine mercy, is uh, like a stream, a river, a mighty river, taking with itself all hearts. You know, the power of a stream, of a river, uh, bringing with itself some, sometimes trees and so on. He was convinced that the love of God, the mercy of God, is such a stream, such a river, mighty river, that uh, brings, takes with itself the human hearts, because he himself was conquered by this love. And so if you have this experience, you also will believe that this stream entering even through a wound, even through a ray of light, it will, it will this uh, river will enter your being, and then the priest does not know what the mercy of God will combine, will do within the heart of this, uh, these people with time, with the time. But this was his experience. As he arrived in Ars, his first homilies were about hell. Because his education by Abbe Ballet, who was a holy man, a holy priest, without any doubt, he gave him a vertebral column, no? Yeah, a structure, a structure. But it was a kind of Jansenistic, neo-Jansenistic uh, education. And arriving in Ars and looking at the situation of the church, the parish, only a few people coming to Mass on Sunday, so he tried to get the people through uh, preaching about hell. 
but then he himself changed his mind. He himself was evolving in his life. Because, and that's why uh, very, uh, he will say the mercy of God is like a strong, a mighty river bringing with itself conquering hearts. Now, this will be my final words for today. It's interesting to see that he is evolving as a priest. As a young boy, as a boy we saw, as a soldier, as a student, as a seminarian, as a priest, and he will uh, evolve together with his brothers and with his bishop. He belonged to a presbyterium, to a family uh, of uh, brothers, priests, and his bishop. You know, Rome, the Holy See was very, very... Um, uh, anxious about the situation in France, the spiritual Jansenism spreading all over. And after Saint Alphonse of Ligori, Alphonsus of Ligori, an Italian bishop who used to teach and to preach on uh, the love of God and a new way to confess, uh, the Holy See, the Holy Father, uh, expected all the bishops from France to come for one year in Italy to study again theology in this new, in this uh, um, theology of mercy coming from uh, Ligori. And so, Saint John Vianney's bishop, Monseigneur de Vie, went to Rome, not to Padua, to study. And after one year, he came again, he returned to Belay, gathered his priests, among them John Vianney, and told them, we need to change our theology. We need to change our spirituality. Our theology and spirituality must be deeply rooted in the gospel, in the nucleus of the love of God. And Saint John Vianney was about the first priest to adhere to this new way because he himself experienced the, this immersive experience of the Trinitarian love, of the mercy of God. That's why, that's why in his deep humility, deep, very deep, very deep, a journalist asked him, what is your impression that you are so well known in the whole world, in France and so on? Oh, he was just uh, crying, saying, no, if the Lord could have found a more miserable priests in our diocese, diocese, more than me, he would have chosen him. He was always in this awareness of being a sinner, of needing the mercy of God. It's because of his humility that he had this constant experience. And so that's why he used to say that priesthood, it is a sign, a sacrament of uh, Jesus' love in front of the community 
and in front of the world. We have, through our baptism, and then in another way, different, ontologically different, uh, through the priestly ordination, we become a sign of the love of Jesus' heart in front of the world and in front of our community. And this is just beautiful, and uh, there is no argument against that. No, only a challenge that we may become Christ, to whom we are already configured through our baptism and through our priestly ordination. So, this heart, it is a horizon for several centuries, no, until the end of the world. Thank you.